This is Know Your Union. I'm your host, SU Communications and Engagement Officer, Haley O'Connell. And today is our first show back for semester two. And I have two wonderful guests. So today I have Ruben and Ava in studio. Do you want to say hi? Hi, guys. Hello, everybody. <laughs> um, perfect. So we're the first week back. And today we're going to talk about tenancy rights, the campaign that we have coming up and also voter registration in the second half of the show. So we're going to talk about tenancy rights in this half of the show. So Ruben, you were on campaign screw last year. Well, actually, no, we're going to go back. Ruben, would you like to introduce yourself first of all? Sorry. Hi, um, my name is Ruben. I'm from Leash and I have an identical twin brother and I'm a government and politics student in UCC, which means I am a walking problem. That was really well rehearsed. Whoa, you prepared that. Not at all. <laughs> you did. That was really well rehearsed. <laughs> That's my go-to. Have in my back pocket. Anyways. Nice. Okay. Um, perfect. And Ava, do you want to introduce yourself? You're probably been on the show more than anybody else has this Aww, year. Oh, <laughs> you're just obsessed with me. Yeah. I think you've been on the show equal amount that I have because you also hosted it when I was sick. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Ava O'Brien. I'm from Clannacilty. I'm the welfare officer on the Students' Union. And I also studied government and political science back in the day. Dynamic duo here. <laughs> so we see why I have my two guests on today because I'm severely out of my depth talking about legal things. I just know what's right and wrong and I know how to draw attention to it, but I have no idea about any of the government or politics or any of that because I am not a good false student. So. If you're looking for right and wrong, it shouldn't be politics students you're talking to, eh? <laughs> that is actually very true. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Moral compass. But yeah, Ruben. You were the brain power behind the SU Tenancy Rights campaign, which is launching tomorrow. Fair statement. Uh, well, I suppose, <laughs> I think brain power is a little generous. Uh, well, I suppose the tenancy rights sort of came from a place that uh, I was talking with friends and I don't, I can't remember exactly, but as so often is the case with students here sitting around late into the night having the chats uh, and people were talking about landlords. And they were talking specifically uh, around some of their negative experiences. And some of the stories that uh, came uh out, I was quite shocked by and quite taken aback by it. And I was here being me. I was like, geez, I was pulling up citizens' information in the RTB. And I was like, do you not realise that that's totally illegal? Like, you know. Sounds like a fun party. Yeah, I tell you. <laughs> um, <laughs> but in any case, and so I was like, oh God, like, like, is there something we could do? And I was on the campaign screw at the time. And me being me, I got on a huff and walked up to the then uh, campaign's officer, Sinead Roach, and uh, sat down. I was like, Sinead, I have an idea. And it came from, I, I once did a piece of work with uh, ICTU. Uh, where they had a sort of card about young workers' rights. And so that's where the original idea came from about how can we get this information more out there for students, so to speak. Yeah, definitely. And there's also, it's very high priority, obviously, for the Students' Union every year. And there is mandates and it's in our strategic plan to like make students aware of their right and to also continue to lobby the government and, you know, the university on student accommodation. So this was then... What kind of work went into the campaign, sorry, last year before we get into what we picked up this year? Um, and I was around a little bit. I was also on campaign's crew. But what was the like, what was the next steps after you went to Sinead with the idea? Because something that me and Ava were saying today as well when we're like launching this is that we obviously have campaign's crew of like really, really involved students. We've got campaign's crew and welfare crew and ENS crew. And what we're trying to highlight here is that like this is going to be a huge campaign for us and something this massive can come from just someone having an idea and bringing it to the SU, which is so important because this is everyone's union. And I think that sometimes gets lost. Well, I, I would really, I, I think the first thing, just before I get into it, I want to highlight, it was not 
like there was a lot of people involved it wasn't just me at all um uh, but in any case well how we started it was initially uh was a focus group because i suppose you can sit down with the su and like you you would know you're in every day hearing what the problems are but quite often things can be missed you're just one people and so you know you don't want a constituency of one when you're trying to solve a problem so the first step was to do a focus group so we held an open event where we one invited UCSU, we also invited uh, the welfare crew, we also invited MTU uh, SU as well because accommodation doesn't affect just UC students because one of course there's such that rich knowledge of people coming into them every day but we also invited the FLAC uh, Free Legal Aid Committee to come along and of course just a general students and one of them was actually Ava he is here today and what we did was we sat down <laughs> and broke into groups and asked several questions what were the key challenges that you faced uh, in accommodation what are the key things that the SU need to do to support you these kinds of questions and we broke up into four or five groups and really brought it through because you know we could have gone and like wrote this out and just bombed out in a week but having that strong foundation of actually that consultation with ordinary students was a really important component and we came up with a lot of issues and a lot of areas uh, that we didn't even know were key things that were that were problems for them and so that really informed about what kind of information we are going to prioritize in this resource yeah definitely and then you kind of got to that stage and sending on so obviously the amazing flax society got involved and reached out the threshold and catu also ended up doing a piece in the end the community action tenants union and i think what struck me and ava when we came into the job is there was a huge body of work already done and information had been provided by flack and threshold but there was so much information and we spent like i think maybe two months generally meeting every couple of weeks trying to condense down the information and also change some of the language to make it more accessible for like students for people who don't have loads of like legal knowledge um and that was a process i think at one point we were like (laughs) this better be the biggest campaign we've ever run this is so much work but now seeing the cards and they're ready to collect tomorrow they're just so i hope they get used i really hope that they're useful and that the information like speaks to people and it's like relevant so ava do you want to talk a little bit about like what we're going to do to launch campaign or anything yeah, in well, that light. I suppose starting from last year, like almost a year ago now, I'd say being at that focus group from like actually being here today and finally like stepping over that final line and getting it over the line is like such a great feeling. And like from the focus group, I felt like very empowered at the time that we were like going to get stuff done. And I felt like I felt listened to as well that there is other people in the same boat as me with my horrible accommodation and like not knowing any of my rights until like it was too late and I was outside out of college um I felt like I was doing something good and then to be able to carry on with it by becoming the welfare officer like from the welfare crew into my job is great and I'm like so happy that Ruben brought it to the union and that we were able to do something good with it so we're having a meeting this evening with the welfare crew and the campaigns crew So it's so good to be able to mobilize students through this as well, because I'm sure that they joined these crews because they want to make positive change and they want to help their fellow students. Why else would you volunteer your time to be part of a crew like this? So we're meeting this evening and we're going to set out our little action plan and say thank you so much for your hard work and everything. And we'll do a leaflet drop tomorrow to all the houses around College Road. And then we're also having a stall tomorrow on main campus and then in Brookfield on Thursday. So if anybody has any questions or just wants to engage with the campaign in any shape or form, just by like grabbing one of the leaflets that we've made or just asking myself or 
anybody at the stall, if they have a question about their accommodation, I can answer it, no problem. But also on a separate note that if you would like any help with your accommodation, that the union is there to support you all the way, no matter what kind of issue it is. Yeah, so we've basically broken in the down the campaign. So it is we've made it like the Z cards. So they're very small. They fold up. You can ideally like throw them in your wallet or unfold them, stick them up in your accommodation. Was kind of how I would use it. Um, and it's broken into areas. So we have digs, security, repairs, deposits, rent and arrears, outstanding bills and charges, evictions, and then also cashew and the like importance of like unions basically. Um, and we have all of this information set out, and it's like really easy to digest and very simple and hopefully will just empower students a little bit more because like I've I live on College Road (laughs) I know what the issues are like I think sometimes when I was like in college I definitely thought the union was very far removed not to say anything (laughs) against the union at the time just from an outsider perspective I had no idea how the union worked um and I was like oh well like if I have this issue with my accommodation maybe the union won't have any people on the union won't have any idea what I'm on about because I'm like a first year living in this accommodation, but a lot of the issues are very similar. And that's what we were talking about yesterday that like, I didn't, I didn't know any of this information before it was in front of me. And since we've like been working on the document, I've definitely got braver in getting things done in my own house, which is very good. And my roommates are all very thankful for it. So yeah, <laughs> well, a lot of people like don't realize, like, I, I suppose one of the big things for me and Ava, please come in on this, but like, you know, if you're living in a house that has mold in it, that that's not allowed. Yeah. Like that, that, that falls below. I didn't know that wasn't. Yeah, yeah. That, that's just, just not allowed. And if a landlord fails to act on it, like uh, I, I'm not a, I'm not a law student at all, but like <laughs> they're, they're falling below short of their obligations. Yeah. And uh, like all the information you need specifically around those repairs, around the mold, around heating, showers, these kinds of things. That's all something that's really specifically catered to in these leaflets. So mm-hmm. that's really important that like students know if you don't address it, it's the student behind you. It's the tenant behind you that's going to suffer the same. And so if you think you're just being nice, you're not. You're, you're not addressing the situation for future students as well. Yeah, I think a lot of it is just about trying to put like power back into the hands of, of renters and especially of student renters because you can feel like you're just kind of stuck in a situation because there's a huge power imbalance obviously between like landlords and renters <clears throat> and that can be very easy ex- easily exploited but Eva do you think this body of work is going to be helpful for future welfare officers because that was something I think we were hoping you get a lot of accommodation sorry we have visitors outside the studio uh, you get a lot of questions about accommodation obviously at like hot key area, hot points of the year like start of the year and stuff do you think a lot of the like questions people come to you asking could be not resolved but answered or like yeah definitely as you said I'd say the start of both semesters I especially during the summer are very busy times for me when it comes to accommodation but also like financial issues is another huge one that I would get from students and it's all kind of linked because the cost of living cost of rent cost of electricity and oil it's all linked together but this leaflet that we have and that will be dropping hopefully to your house um, (laughs) will have all the answers there for you but if you're ever unsure and I mean I think the I mean I suppose the purpose of this is that you have the reassurance to like speak up and stand up for yourself if something's wrong but you're ever like feeling a little bit nervous as well like that's why that's why I'm here to give you that reassurance I suppose and to point you in the right direction and also I I absolutely love Threshold I think they're amazing and they have an online chat function which 
is like the best thing ever because I hate phone calls and I hate waiting for an email. So being able to be like, put in a fake name, like my name's Diane and like I have an issue with my heating, but it's me the whole time. And like I'm asking on behalf of somebody else, but I have an answer in like literally five minutes. So having all of these resources together is invaluable for any welfare officer going forward. Having everything in one place is so amazing to have that you don't have to be going searching through citizens information because it can be totally information overload that like it's all here and it looks super pretty in front of you and I can't wait to stick it up in my own office for everybody to see. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut across there. Mm-hmm. I just mean, the one thing I think is it's really important to highlight is that this hasn't been, excuse the term, a bunch of SU hacks in a dark room <laughs> feverishly writing out this. Like this, they, we, there's been yeah. work with the likes of Threshold. There's been work with the likes of Katu and Flack, which do amazing yeah. work on these areas. And that's that's something that's so important as well. But most importantly, it's the youth proofing that you and Ava have done. That means that it's distilled and it's prioritised. That's actually really easy for you to understand. Mm-hmm. And it's everything on it has been double and triple checked like you can rely on this document that like your rights are outlined clearly and there is absolutely no faffing about if we're unsure about anything you can rely on this that this is correct if you ever have to stand up for yourself and you like need to have a look at this document to know what your rights are it is correct yeah and obviously it's a small document but there's a lot of information on it and there's also a QR code included at the front, which brings you to a completely separate link tree. So not just the UCCSU link tree, but it's a completely separate link tree for the campaign, which has all of the further information. So if you want to lodge a dispute with the RTB, if you want to look up if your house is in a rent pressure zone, if you want access to the leaflet Osquilga, there's 20% of the leaflets being printed fully in Irish as well for anyone who wants that. Um, yeah, and like there's links sorry to the accommodation office I lost where I was and there's just loads in it and then there will, it will also be linked to the uh, teaser new and fully functional SU website which is coming oh very very God. soon I've said it on air now so has to happen. there will <laughs> be a first. renters <laughs> hub section of the new SU website which will also enable students to go directly to FLAC UCC society as well so there'll be a big interlock there which is really really exciting mm-hmm. um, but it's very like <laughs> I'm just like this is so exciting it is but I'm like talking about it, like <laughs> I think one thing I'd love I think we should all just give a shout out to UCC Flack because some of the work yeah. that they do is 100%. unreal and you know if you have any help you need uh, clinics at UC clinics at Flack or you can find it anywhere but UC Flack on Instagram you can get in contact with them they'll get you they, they're just the help they give to students I think mm-hmm. is so invaluable and the reality is is that issue this issue isn't going away like yeah. what has the university done except build this really expensive student accommodation and what is the government doing except not like bringing in legislation that is catered towards students and more catered towards landlords and the university like nobody is doing anything and I said this in our presentation that we'll be giving this evening but unfortunately like the union doesn't have enough money to be going building a really nice little hostel vibe, cheap accommodation. Would if we could, would I be the dream. Yeah. So this is our response to this issue that nobody else is giving any solution to. It's interesting. Did you see the uh, memo brought to cabinet today? No. So it's actually, it's funny that you should say that because just today Simon Harris brought a memo uh, to cabinet on student accommodation specifically. Is that the one where he says that you have to have planning permission first? I think so, but it's yeah. about construct. It's about more construction of on-campus housing, uh, vacant derelict properties, and supporting homeowners to rent a room to students. So I'd love to. I just out of pure curiosity, have you any thoughts on that? Yeah. He oh did. my god, have you just taken the presenter yeah, microphone? 
That's he, never happened on the show. He did talk to us about this when we met him in the new health centre in Crow's Nest. Um, but he said to us that the reason why he hasn't, we haven't seen any of these new bills down in Cork is because we have to have planning permission secured before we can apply for this scheme. If only we knew the people in charge of on board Planola. It's almost like it's the fucking government. Sorry, excuse my language. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's You're almost like so well. I know somebody that does it. Like, it's you, babe. Like, yeah. don't be so... It's just like putting the blame on other people. But he seemed really proud of it when he was talking to us about it. And I'd love to read it fully because when he talked to us, he didn't give us the full brief. It was yeah. very short. But we need help. But his main thing was that... If he's not looking at UCC, he's looking at Cork City. Like he's looking at MTU and all the other colleges as well. And if we're approaching him, we need to look at a citywide approach, not a UCC approach. Yeah. Um, and I think another thing that I would love the government to kind of get through because it's been like pushed and pushed. And to be fair, USI have been pushing and pushing it is Diggs legislation. Sorry, like writing this document, the square that is Diggs rights is absolutely barren like we put in as much information as was there because you have very little rights as a digs renter which is shocking because so many people so many students are renting in digs yeah. and there's absolutely no protection there at the minute and it does seem to be just kind of and again I'm not a government in politics alumni or student so I don't know it, it to me it just seems like they keep putting it on the long finger like I feel like it could be addressed much sooner it's they've been talking about it for over a year and a half now yeah if not more that's just when it came into my line of sight yeah 100% I was just like maybe there is intel into why it took so long but no I don't think so (laughs) like we got the what did he call it guidelines yeah and obviously they were really pushing digs as kind of a tax relief for landlords because the government love landlords I wonder why because they all are so like I don't understand how much more noise we can make and be any more clear on what we want like what is a fast solution other than building more is providing the security around this other option that they're giving us which is digs which suits some people but doesn't the majority and honestly if you have a look on our UCC student pad website digs are going for the same amount as a stunning new build that you can stay seven nights a week but the key difference is and please correct me if I'm wrong but uh, the digs is done to the rent route the rent room scheme so there's the tax exemption there yeah yeah so i suppose i now i'm not advocating this at all but my understanding is one of the key uh, arguments against sort of enhanced rights and digs is that i would actually take more landlords off the uh rent room scheme providing through that i suppose digs and digs legislation is so important and it needs to be one of the key priorities but the stopgap you look at other uh, european countries you do not have students renting single rooms they're in two-bedroom apartments and they're paying what we're paying what students are paying to be in houses of 10 people and it's a it's it's really stark when you compare it to other examples across europe yeah and i think what you were saying about like making noise and like that is a lot of like obviously not a lot of the work we do in the SU but it is it's like drawing attention to these issues so I'm hoping again with like releasing a campaign like this that will get it back into everyone's like everyday chat because it does we got so many media requests during the summer and early into 
September about accommodation. But then it kind of just flies off the radar. Yeah, it's so frustrating. It's like everybody wants to talk to you and everybody wants to talk about the hot topic, which is student accommodation. Yeah. And then it just completely falls off once everybody gets like sorted, whether it's in some place that's 250 euro a week or 50 euro a week. Everybody finally gets a house, which is great. But like at what cost? And yeah. that's not documented. And it's not it's even the like the initial struggle. Yeah, but it's not even like, oh, case closed. Like, there's still loads of students that don't have accommodation. We just exactly, had yeah. loads of people, students come over for for like se- semester two yeah. only. And like, it's just not, it's just got not good enough for it to fly off the radar like that. And we have, we've written a press release and we sent it out to a lot of media and I'm, a few of them have got back to me and talked to me. So I'm hoping that it will be picked up and it will be in everyone's face again that like the SU is not ready to stop talking about this just because we've hit semester two and we're not mm-hmm. going to get too busy that we're just going to leave students' rights fall by the wayside. Like we really do want to put a big emphasis on this. And obviously there is a lot of people involved in this plan of work, but Ruben do want to say thank you as well for putting the idea into the heads last year and getting it off the ground because if you hadn't we genuinely would not have been able to produce it this year so look thanks to the SU you do great work and look I'm going to play us some music now and when we come back after the break we're going to talk a little bit about voter registration every As a man When I put on that suit I don't have to stay mute I can talk all the time Cause my shoulders are
And that was Duvet by Boa. Um, it's currently 3.40. This is Know Your Union on UCC 98.3 FM. And we're back. I'm your host, Haley O'Connell, UCCSU Communications and Engagement Officer. And this is the second half of our first show back of semester one. So in the first half of the show, we were joined by Ruben Murray and Ava O'Brien to talk about tenancy rights campaign. And now we're going to keep those two guests and we've added another character and <laughs> we've had Nathan from UCC Government and Politics Society. Do you want to say hello? Hello everyone. Thank you for having me, Hayley. 
No problem at all. So we're going to talk a little bit about voting in general, the upcoming elections, and there's quite a few of them, upcoming voting in general, and basically how students can register to vote, why they should, and all of that. So Nathan, you have uh, basically a yellow legal pad in front of you with notes, so I'm going to let you talk away as this is your area of expertise. Well, (laughs) my notes, I have, excuse me, I have about four lines, so. Perfect. Should be great. Bit about myself first. My oh my god, is, I'm so sorry. I usually do that for everyone, and I just <laughs> jumped straight in. <laughs> no, in the just, deep end. My name is Nathan. Um, I'm like the other guys. Actually, I am student of government politics, and I'm the vice chair of GovPol this year. So, um, this year 2024 has kind of conventionally been dubbed in the political world as the year of elections. Mm-hmm. So, um, the US will have a presidential election. There'll be parliamentary elections in the UK and by extension then Northern Ireland for Westminster um, and a lot of other European countries as well um, are having elections. So in Ireland the first election that we'll have this year will be in March, sorry not election, that'll be a referendum. So there's two referendums coming up, I think Ava might talk about them in a while. I didn't have anything Spoiler. prepared on them but they are coming up. Then the first set of elections that we'll have since, um, when was the last election Ireland? In 2020, the general yeah. election. There was one by-election in between. Dublin Bay South. Dublin Bay South. But we'll have local oh, elections. Okay. Yeah. So local elections are for councils. Yeah. So you might know a councillor. Uh, they are going to be in either May or June. There's no definitive date yet, but they'll be taking place then. Interestingly, this year in Limerick, there'll be the first ever election for a directly elected mayor. And they'll oh, wow. run consecutively with those elections for local elections. Okay, I didn't realise that. Yeah, so... There was a plebiscite at the last uh, local elections and Limerick voted yes to having a directly elected mayor. So this is going to be a bit of an experiment for Ireland because we are renowned for having terrible local government. There's very bad powers. Well, not terrible as in the representatives. I shouldn't say that. But terrible as <laughs> in the powers that's granted to them by yeah. central government with a very centralised system. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what way this works and that'll be the first uh, election of that. And that's for people in Limerick City. And then we'll also possibly have a general election this year. There's a lot of speculation in the media. Um, I heard last week that it might be in November, which would be really cool because you'd have a US presidential election. Rishi Sunak has said that the UK election will be the 14th of November. Mm -hmm. And then we'll also possibly have a general election in Ireland. So it'll be a really busy month for all of us uh, political anoraks. I reckon there'll be an early budget and they'll go after that. Yeah, that's oh, a lot okay. of the speculation. The budget is usually held in October, but they have the option to do an early budget. In September. I feel like this is like a um, political landscape 2024 bingo card. Mm, <laughs> actually, yeah. Genuinely, like that's this is what it feels idea. like to me. I think we should do it. Maybe we should explain what the like difference between locals and generals are. Yeah. I feel like yeah. some people wouldn't know the difference between a TD and a councillor. Okay, so a councillor is a person who is elected locally to you. So um, I'm from Kerry, so my local electorate area is Killarney. Mm. You'd also have Trilly, Listowel in Cork then. There's different ones. Does anyone, what's one of the ones in Cork City? Like Cork South Central. Or sorry. For, for like local, like Ballyfihan, Ballin Temple might have different local electorate areas. So there's local councillors then in your area. So um, councils or those councillors then will sit on either the city or the county council in Cork's case, whereas then the general election is for the national parliament in Dublin. So that's for Dáil Éireann. That's mm. our national parliament. And then you'll have bigger constituencies. So Kerry, for example, is its own constituency. Cork then, um, listeners from Cork might know Cork North Central, South Central, yeah. Cork East and Cork South West are the four. 
and so you'll be voting for candidates again in your local area but they might be from obviously a vaster geographical landscape they are then elected to parliament in dublin they sit as full-time public representatives councillors who are elected at local elections um they're they receive a stipend every year but they're not full-time politicians they'd have council meetings and they would argue that they're always working um (laughs) but they're not fully 100 percent employed to be full-time politicians yeah. So what can yeah, sorry, like what can students expect when the local elections are coming up, I suppose? Like what kind of way do candidates usually go out campaigning? Like how mm. will they know where the candidates' values lie? I think that's quite important for people to know. Yeah. And definitely. I think it encourages people to vote when they know what someone is all about. Okay. So Ireland is interesting in the sense that it's obsessed with posters is kind yes. of the main way that you learn about it. Even if you're not somebody who's um listening to the news a lot you'd often have um, posters would be up around your local area of the different candidates. There's facial recognition that way. Um, You can also check the candidates if you go on to your local county council uh, website or city council website and give candidates for your local area who've been um, at, who are running, sorry. Um, There'd also be, um, politicians tend to do a lot of campaigning through social media in recent times. A lot of them would have TikTok accounts, Instagram, social medias, um, different bits like that. So you can find out who's running in your local area that way. Yeah. Um, we'll also then, um, through the society, and I know you'll be doing stuff as well for the Students' Union to people for, to get people to register to vote. Yeah. So it's important to register. You're not automatically registered. You'll register to your own local area, to wherever you are. Um, so your Dáil constituency. Um, what else on that? Well, when you register online, you, when you register online, you're registered for presidential referenda local than European yes all at once mm-hmm. now if you're not an Irish so say you're a student listening to this and you're not an Irish citizen if you're a European citizen you still get to vote in the European elections and the local elections but if yeah. you have no Irish citizenship no European citizenship you still get to vote in the local elections which are yeah up. so it's really important that you still get a chance to vote. that's something that I'm really trying to push with our like we're putting up like infographics and stuff like that so I don't think a lot of international students that are studying here know that they can vote in the locals and mm-hmm. they're living here and they're directly affected by things at a local level and that voice should absolutely be strong which is something I was really hoping to hit something else I wanted to ask while I have you is like is door knocking still very much a thing like when Mm -hmm. if people are in the local college area will councillors come up talk to you at the door in your accommodation like more so in private rental you know so people anecdotally would probably have stories of that from their parents probably at their permanent residence I'd say is where canvassing would be more so pushed I'm not sure if councillors really would do much canvassing on college road because they probably know it's a fleeting vote and a lot of people on college road might be registered to vote in their own local areas which could be in you know Kerry Leash and Ruben's case the greater um so I have gotten a few leaflets through my door. Really? Yeah. yeah. Road, that's surprising. I haven't been there to grill them, but mm. <laughs> I have gotten a few leaflets, which I was surprised about. But also yeah. there's a lot of residents around UCC as well. So you never know. They might just kind of pop it through thinking that it's somebody older living there or something. But no, I've definitely Perhaps, gotten yeah. a few. And a lot down in Connacilty where I'm from, they're like really starting to get to the doors mm-hmm. and like really canvassing for your vote. 100%, yeah, definitely for the locals. We have it in Kerry. I've had two visits from Healy Ray's already. Oh the Healy Ray candidate who will be running in the Killarney area. She's visited last year. She didn't even know when the election was on and she's already been around this year as well. Jeez. So One thing that's really important to bear in mind, though, is when you look at the councillors and it's just coming to the county council, as Nathan sort of pointed out, the county councils aren't very 
powerful. But a lot of the faces that you're going to start seeing are the same faces that are going to be running the generals. You look at, say, Roger Gorman. Yeah. Roger Gorman went from a councillor to minister in the space of, oh, it was only a couple, it wasn't mm-hmm. very long, in the space of a year. So even you look at the likes here in Cork of Holly Cairns, Holly Cairns, councillor, then on to TD about a year later. And now so party lot, leader. As yeah, well. and then now party leader. Uh, same with, uh, I believe, Norma Foley. And uh, so a lot of these faces, they're, these are this is the next generation coming up through. Uh, so that's something to really bear in mind as well. Mm-hmm, definitely yeah and I also think um, and I could be wrong and I'm just speaking kind of off my own back but I think the trend for like student living obviously has changed and I think that a lot of places on College Road while a lot of them are still student rentals there's also a big thing now where like people will start being working professionals mm-hmm. and still live in these areas and houses so like I'm registered to vote here like I live on College Road fully I don't have a another house like my parents are from Ballancolic, but I don't have a room there. So I'm registered to vote there. So I was I am kinda of hoping that they will come around and talk to us because like like everyone in my house lives there. Okay, so important for somebody like you then perhaps mm-hmm. who's moved to Cork full time is to check the register. Yeah. See you are probably registered to your Ballancolic address. So you're po- um based on that register then everyone in the country has sent out a polling card. You must bring that polling card with you to the polling centre in order to vote. You can um bring a form of ID as well and that'll do instead of your actual polling card but you do need to present yourself at your assigned polling centre yeah which is um, I think that's um, something that's just learned. I know in Australia anyway for example you can vote at any polling station yeah so it is made easier in some countries I know stories of some people who uh, couldn't find where their polling station was and had to go to four or five and gave up and never actually got their chance to vote yeah so now with the check the register hopefully that, that's something that the government is been saying they're working on for a while but definitely right. when I was doing my research to make like infographic stuff for Instagram I figured that out and I went on to check the register mm-hmm. and I was like I'm I'm not registered to vote in the correct place at all because I haven't voted since 2020 was my first time voting yeah yeah um, so definitely something that I yeah. would say to the listeners is make sure that you do check the register you can do that online it's checktheregister.ie you put in your air code for uh sorry you put in your surname and your air code and it brings up then whatever address that you're registered to. You can change the register that way. It's important to note that you must, there is a, two seconds now, I had a note here in that, the deadline for registering, you must register at least 15 days before an election or referendum takes place. So um, that would be kind of the last week in February, I'd say. Yeah. For the referendum coming up, you need to be um checking it between now and then to make sure that your polling card will arrive to the correct address. And if you haven't registered before, it only takes about 90 seconds, according to Ruben, yeah. (laughs) So um, you can do that online as well at Check the Register. That's one thing that the government have brought in in recent years. It's now much more easier to register to vote. When I registered in 2020, you had to print out a physical form, get it signed at the Garda station and then post it off. Yeah. That was so tough work. It's a lot more owner. It's that a lot less onerous now. So it, there's it no was excuse. When voter <laughs> sure registration in the past, by like societies and student union would have to like I have sheets and sheets of those old like I have to recycle them those old forms in my office because they used to have to get the gears on campus mm-hmm. and everything. Whereas now it's much simpler. And voter registration will be run next week as well. Um, yes, yeah. So USI, the Union of Students of Ireland, are coming down on Monday, and they've got like. Actually, I'm very excited to see it in action, but they've got like a spin the wheel, like win a prize, register to vote kind of thing. Very interesting. They're also bringing a lot of like materials about like different types of voting and stuff like that. And then the actual like city council are coming onto campus Tuesday and Thursday, 12 to 3. So main campus Tuesday and then Western Gateway on, sorry, 
Tuesday and then Western Gateway on Thursday the 25th as we're doing a satellite campus roster this semester with the SU. Um, yeah, Ruben, you look I easy. just want to come in because, uh, <laughs> as we all know, you have to be 18 to vote, but you don't have to be 18 to register. If you have any brothers or sisters, if they're 16, bully them into registering now because for those 90 seconds, that's it. For the rest of their lives, they'll be yeah. registered because the day they turn 18, they'll be added on automatically. So if you're and there's 16 as well, you can register. Posters promoting this on every board around campus. I don't know if people see them, but I did send a poor student help I had them in like to do flyering with me and I sent them out with a bunch of posters that checked the register that the council sent us to put them everywhere. So hopefully people were taking stock and notice, but it would be great to like kind of get as many students registered to vote as possible. I feel like the student vote is such a a large one, like it can really sway a lot, but I don't think it's ever been utilized to its full potential because a lot of students that I've talked to don't really see the value in voting and Mm -hmm. your GovPol students like, Obviously you do, but like, what would you say to that? Like, obviously that's the talking point that you probably hear a lot from fellow students that they don't really see the point and they don't think that change can happen and they don't see that power. I know that's a big question, but if anyone has a... Yeah, well, I would, like, I think if you want to affect change, you need to be part of the change and you're, yep. you're not going to do anything by, you know, just giving out. You need to actually go to your polling station. You need to vote for a party which you think would bring about the change that you want to see. Yeah. You need to be proactive in that. Um, anyone else have anything on that? That's all I would really say. Like, you just have to be proactive. And I, I suppose partake. If, you're, if you're one of those young people who say, oh, I don't really mind about voting. Oh, I, I don't really bother voting. Um, that's great. And it's really wonderful that you're in a position where that is the case. But for a lot of people, that is not. And you look at rural young people, you look at people with disabilities, you look at people who are growing up in homes that rely on social welfare. These are the people who like desperately need um, like policy to reflect and to continue to help them. Mm-hmm. So if you're in a position where you can disengage from politics, you need to recognise that comes from a place of privilege. And so it's really important that you actually take the time to actively participate. Yeah. And I think like from an SE standpoint, like, with the voter reg campaign, just want to make it as accessible as possible to students. Like it's 90 seconds. Like it is, it is time out of your day. But even if you like, I don't think people realize that the government controls a lot of things that happen to us in our day to day life, like yeah. for, for better or for worse, like who you vote in, it does matter. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people would say, oh, I don't really think politics affects me, but they fail to realize that politics is rooted in literally everything to do with yeah. society. And it's really important that all students are engaged in politics, that they know who their local politician is, that they understand, you know, what parties are in government and also what the parties stand for. Yeah. Um, so if you're if you have any questions about any um of your local candidates, you can go on to if they're in a party, they'll you can go on to the party's website, you can find out about their policies and different issues which you might be um particularly uh what would you say? Interested. You might be particularly interested in. Thanks, Ruben. <laughs> um and if then you have independent candidates as well. Like they'll all have yeah. either their leaflet that they'll drop to your door that tell you what they stand for, what their policies are. You can also check on their social medias. Yeah, perfect. We actually are cut for time. Sorry, that absolutely flew. But um, I just want to thank the three of you for coming on. I really appreciate it. It's always great for me to get the GovPol intel into anything I'm running. So Perfect. And can I just give a plug to anyone who of is course. interested about learning more about politics? You can listen to Paul Talk on UCC 98.3 FM on Mondays. It is run by the UCC Government <laughs> Politics Society. Um, I'm going to let this happen because I was on Paul Talk this year. 
Yeah, I was a guest. <laughs> well, listen, I like if the I love it. If I everyone listening wants to become more. If you're sitting there and you think, God, I really am not that engaged in <laughs> politics. I don't know what's going on. I'd love to learn more. Tune in. Perfect. All right. Thank you so much. And you know your union on UCC 98.3 FM. We'll be back again this time, two weeks, three o'clock. And we'll be joined by Ella Barrett, the current CAX rep to talk all things Arts Week. And we may also be joined by the Entertainment Officer to talk all things Arts Ball. So do tune in for that. Um, but for today, I'm Haley O'Connell, your SU Communications and Engagement Officer. The time is currently three minutes to four. And we'll see you in two weeks' time. No Hog Point to Tree FM. Need pointers on the best gigs happening in Cork every week? Listen to Set Guitars to Kill on UCC 98.3 FM for new alternative Irish music every Thursday from 1 to 2 pm with your host Emily Donnery. With the best tunes from post punk, math rock, 90s alternative, soft boy indie pop, and so much more. So tune in to hear chats with local artists, alternative classics and the best upcoming bands from around the country. For updates, follow my Insta at setguitarstokill.ucc. That's Set Guitars to Kill every Thursday on UCC 98.3 FM. Biggie Ling, Gach Mart on a Caragadina Cuig, Leshna Kilmates, Air UCC, Noga Hot Punkatry FM. Gach Shachtan, Plain Maeve, Eva Axlerain, Corsi Gailinga, Ags Fibin Asail. Kermit Ian, especially at the Fui Aglef, Agas Galore Ella. A Kyol, O 